0: everybody and welcome back to Writing the Rapids, the show where I, Joe Balecki, talk to writers about writing. Very often those writers have been recommended to me by writers who have previously been on the show or it's a rejoinder episode, which this is. We are rejoined once again by William Cody Watson, Snatch Wilden, to talk about his new book, House of Delete. He has previously published the books Paradise Redux and Hell and, through Cloak, published the book Police Lucifer. You can find more info about him at snatchwilden.wordpress. Com. If you would like to support this show, you can do so by becoming a patron, patreon.com slash noisemakerjoe. Patrons get episodes a few days early. You can also throw a one-time donation my way at paypal.me slash noisemakerjoe, as well as buying my book and writing a review about it. The book is called Tired. Big thanks to Bob, who recently had a nice review on Goodreads for the book. You can also give this show the appropriate number of stars wherever you download the podcast. So long as stars are allowed to be given and you know tweet about the show become an uber driver play the show while you're driving people around and so on now without further ado let's get into my conversation with william i don't remember if we talked about it with um paradise redux um -hmm. but it was more prominent there than in house of delete uh the the usage of like screenplay inspired formatting uh that happens every now and again Uh, right there's there's a sort of uh i don't know middle of the book section um that uses that and it's a a little bit kind of at the beginning in in this book too but um it's not a in in this sort of like book object subgenre um don't kill me people who hate genre but um in in this realm uh i don't feel like that's a thing i see very much um as a device right so right let's let's start there
1: um like as in why did i do that yeah (laughs) or
0: why would um, you do this
1: i think well um i think maybe on some level I mean, straight out, I think that there was maybe some residual influence there from reading um, Hunchback 88 mm. by Chris Norris. I think there was kind of that element going on at, at different points in that book, if not in some kind of vague way throughout the whole whole text. But on top of that as well, like from – I mean forever, I've always been like the kind of person who – um, if I really enjoy a film, like I'll go and try to find the, like at least some form of the screenplay or script online, mm. just to have like some kind of more insight. And like recently, I actually was able to find the um, the collected scripts of Gummo and Julian Donkey Boy by Harmony Korine. This I actually found the the book, which is I guess it's not that hard to find, but I found it after I had worked on House of Delete, or probably towards the tail end of it, but. Just having like that script for Gummo and seeing like the changes that went from um, the actual script to what that we saw in the movie, we, I just found that completely like so like insightful and wild.
0: Okay. And so
1: I think like maybe there was just kind of that. I think there's there's like this directness to like reading a screenplay or a script that has like um, it'll carry over the narrative. It's all there but it it tells it in such a way where it's much more stripped down. And like, I like the idea of like direction notes and things like that, like I have no idea. I've never researched how to write a script or a screenplay, I have no idea. I've never taken a class on it or anything like that. Don't really have any real interest in that, but I I just kind of freed, like kind of just, you know, went went my own way with it. Um, I just like that stripped down thing where it's kind of like this, then you see this and this, I don't know. It's, it's kind of a way of progressing the narrative. And, you know, with, with the way that my books are, especially Paradise Redux and House of Delete, like that narrative is sort of something you have to kind of grasp for at times. And it's also much more visual. I think it's more, much more visual and tonal than it is like he did this and then this happened and this happened. And I think that kind of adding in that weird sort of like narrative of a screenplay kind of style, it just kind of throws everything for a loop a, l- a little bit and changes up that that sort of aesthetic of of grasping for the narrative i guess in a way but i, I like to do it like i like to just have hints of it here and there i, I don't want it to be the entire thing right i you... say that in some of my newer works moving more in that direction is it
0: awesome yeah um i look forward to that i i feel like i remember in paradise redux too there were like characters like the director and and um, right. and that was like more of a thing and so like house of delete is a little bit further away from that um, right
1: and, and, I, and I guess that actually speaking back to paradise redux I think that was probably seeping in some too was mm-hmm. that you know the the one of the main characters was the director and so much of that of that whole story is taking place like in the confines of a very uh very toxic environment that's kind of controlled by this director and uh i so i guess that kind of crept in there too like i wasn't trying to tell the story specifically as like as he's telling it or as he would tell it in a script or anything like that but i do think that that had some influence on why i I took that approach for sure
0: yeah they can kind of like combat each other um right cool i like i like that a lot um something i i I enjoyed about your work too is this feeling like um it's kind of like static and then it'll like coalesce so there'll be sort of like poetic elements or shorter blocks of text and images and then you'll have like a page or two or an uh kind of like i alluded to in the middle of this book very many pages of like prose like i don't know sort of like a a shane jesse christmas sort of prose bit but like it'll go from this sort of like scattered sort of thing to like a block of text and then sort of dissolve again um and i i think um paradise redux was similar but but this in the back of the book it it mentions that there's uh, elements from previously published works and Mm -hmm. um so like i guess i don't really know um if you're thinking sort of in that like this ebbing and flowing of of density when you're constructing the book um but it is a thing i noticed
1: Yeah, absolutely. Like that's kind of like whenever I, I think I may have mentioned this the last time we spoke, but like in a in a way, every single thing that I write, every book that I create, every like every project, whether it's, you know, a little short manuscript thing all the way up to, you know, one of these 500 page clunker things, it's all kind of the same story. And what I mean by that is, I'm not just like retelling the same story, but it's like almost like this universe. Yeah. And I don't mean that in like a comic book sense or anything, but it's just like, um, it's like this kind of swirling nebula of different characters kind of coming in and out. And um, so, yeah, like when I say that in House of Delete, that there's like, you know, different sections of text from other projects, like I could pretty much say that in everything that I work on because. When I start a new project, I have I go back and I revisit my other stuff and I just I straight up will tear things apart and say, I'm going to reuse this and I'm going to change it or I might not change it at all. But, you know, most of the time I I like shred it. Mm -hmm. And I I thought that I guess when I actually when I added that in on how to delete, I was like, you got to do this. It's it's, it's, you got to do this because you don't want you don't want to pull the wool over anybody's eyes and make them think they're getting like a totally new thing. But in reality, now that I've spent more time on it, I'm just like, it doesn't really matter because I'm never going to give you the same thing twice, even if I reuse my own stuff, because it's all part of this kind of coagulation substance. I don't know. But um, yeah, with House of Delete, I talked about that. And there's straight up stuff from Paradise Redux even that comes back in in, in House of Delete mm. because it's all sort of in that weird flow yeah. yeah as far as like the denseness and stuff yeah absolutely that's uh, um, that comes from just kind of wanting to throw everything together and then finding once i have this huge stockpile of you know random files and different texts that i'm looking at i'm like okay now how can i arrange this into where it's like uh honestly it's I, it's i kind of am really influenced in that sense by like ambient music like mm. Tim Hecker or bazinski like how there will be these like really kind of like dreamy passages for a while. And then, you know, it kind of, you start to find that crescendo or you go into this really like gnarly, almost noisy section. It's where it's chaos and stuff. Like I really look at my work in that kind of sense a lot of the time where I want it to have these ebbs and flows and cause it just, I feel like that's the only way to really have the truest like emotional kind of landscape.
0: I can see that especially when when the narrative is is so um i don't know ambient in itself and in some places um so that's a good place let's let's move into the the playlist that is linked at the end of the book too um and uh i noticed there's one for paradise redux and and some other work as well um right I saw that today when I finished the book and I was like, Oh, I'll go listen to this before the, before the show and see if I can get inspired. And <laughs> so saw was like 29 hours long. And I was like, Oh no. Oh yeah. I'll scroll through it and see. But, um, but let's talk about that. And, and, um, and then, uh, yeah, let's talk about that.
1: Um, yeah, that's the, actually, that's one of the very first things that I usually do when I start a project is, um, well actually the very first thing that actually happens is I usually come up with a title. Um, like House of Delete came to me one day, have no idea how that just kind of popped in my brain. And I was like, House of Delete, that sounds awesome. That's going to be my next book. Like whatever my next book is, it's going to be House of Delete. Um, but then after that, pretty much as soon as I have the title, the like the the atmosphere, the vibe, the aesthetic starts to kind of come into it. Um, so once I had that for House of Delete, um, it's like a vague kind of setting time frame, you know, whatever, if you want to go that route, I start compiling music. And yeah, I mean, like that. The playlist can be some of them can be pretty ridiculous. Mm-hmm. I think I think it was maybe paired the Paradise playlist that was like I think it was like six hundred or something songs. And I remember Mike Klein saying something about it on Twitter, and I was mm-hmm. just like, dude, I'm a lunatic. Like I, I but what it, it actually starts as a way for me to put on this music while I'm writing and then and then most of the time that kind of transpires in, transpires into the playlist that I usually I'm like, here's the playlist for this book. Somehow, this more soundtracky, like as in, yes, that's the soundtrack to the book. If you're if the book was to be, you know, a cinematic piece or something, this would be it's it's audio accompaniment. It. But for me, it's also just like a huge like inspiration that I have constantly going while I'm working on it. And usually it, it's somehow thematically it fits in my in my warped brain.
0: Right. I liked the the disparity or I guess the difference between the two uh playlists I saw as I was scrolling through. This one has a lot more um classical music and ambient music, experimental right. type of stuff, and then it was a lot of like pop music uh for Paradise Redux. Oh yeah. Uh which yeah, I like and,
1: and this this when I wrote the slasher book, it was all like uh, weird, like, like, uh, free jazz. And like, uh, I just want, I don't know. It's always, it's always just got to have that vibe that fits whatever the context is in my brain. And this one, it was like all this, like really dark classical stuff. I was so like vibing on like these really dark classical passages and everything. And like the, I I mean, I, I guess, I don't know, read, if you read the book, I think for me, there's a meeting there. I mean, it's there, it's like the way that you open the book and it's like every page is black, Mm -hmm. every page isn't black but that's the way that i printed it or had it printed and i feel like that is the same aesthetic as that dark classical music in a way i guess
0: yeah yeah i can feel that um what i was getting caught up on when i was when i was leading us into this too is i i feel like i've uh either read or talked to several other writers who are like have at one point or another been heavily influenced or inspired by the music of Tim Hacker. And I find that, uh, fascinating.
1: Totally. That, I mean, I was so into ambient music. Like I think, uh, was it, I think it was the Harmony and Ultraviolet album. I think it was like 2006, 2007. Mm-hmm. That album pretty much changed everything for me. And I realized that, Oh wow, this music kind of, this music exists. And I mean, I'm not, I will try to go off onto a music tangent, but like, finding that and then finding like uh finesse and finding like bizinski and stuff like totally opened a world for me. And so when it comes to writing, I don't always go for like instrumental music, but a lot of times it helps with the kind of writing I do. Yeah. You know.
0: Definitely. I I understand that um the uh tired uh the book I put out Through Alien Buddha Press, like, was specifically listening to like one type of like type of sound uh, while I was writing it, and I don't know if that was intentional or not. Um, I could mythologize and say that it was, but um, yeah, like there there's something to that, like especially you know when you're writing something, there's emotions tied to it, and you like listening to music is a much safer way to get into a headspace than yeah. you know some of the other ways that it seems like totally uh, writers do things like you know yes <laughs> it's, it's hard to write books if you if you get yourself out of commission right um, and they
1: say write what you know but it's like well i mean that's such a like that's such a strange term because i can technically i mean maybe i don't have experiential data on every little thing but like I've listened to a lot of music. I've heard a lot of prose, like, like poetry through a lot of these musicians, be that, you know, be it the velvet underground or be it Tim hacker. So like, I think that is sort of like a source of knowing, you know, Mm -hmm. maybe that sounds really dumb, but I don't know. It's like, it's like this vast kind of encyclopedic emotional database, might as well tap into it. And especially like, when it comes to like, you, like you said, with the paradise book, it was pop. There was a lot of pop music. Um, definitely when I listen to stuff that is more uh like has lyrics and stuff like I will find like that the um, like the kind of the the vibe of the music that I'm listening to will like sort of maneuver the writing which is why a lot of times I will do different types of genres and stuff together because you know maybe I'll be like this I need like a like a hard shift right here and then you know it'll go from you know it'll go from like a uh you know, uh, a classical piece to like a Cannibal Corpse track or something, and, and that'll sort of be like, ah, oh, there's that validation. There's that thing that I was looking for that kind of inspires that. Like, now we're going to this place. Now we're going to this really other kind of ugly place. You know?
0: Yeah. I mean, if you're writing what you know, like you know your emotions, and you can truly like emotions are are wordless things anyway. So you might as well bring something up and then see what words come out. Um. While we're on the topic of inspiration, another thing that um, stood out to me when I got the book and I looked at the back of it, it was all um, normally you expect like blurbs on the back of the book. And this is all quotes from other people. Um, And then there's stuff like that littered throughout the book. Um, Mm -hmm. And of course you even bring up uh, Tan Lin's seminal uh joy of cooking I can never remember the title offhand. I should it's, have written it's it. It's a long one. Um if you know, you know. Um right. But um was was that um I don't know what I want to say how, how I want to question you to lead into that. But so so I'll just say like, talk about um including all of those um quotes and and other pieces of people's writing in your book.
1: I think that um, for me, well, I've really come to feel like that's a huge part of my, like my, I don't want to say style, I feel like that's such a weird thing to say, but like my, the way that I do it, (laughs) whatever, Um, I like throwing those things in there because just like you said, if you know, you know, and that's kind of like the way that it feels for me, like I'll throw in, and it it can be anything from, you know, uh, from something like from some obscure you know, some obscure novel, or it can be a song lyric. And I'm like, if somebody picks up on that, awesome. A lot of times, you know, I'll do a footnote or I'll, you know, whatever. But at the same time, if it's like, you know, if it's like this really kind of vibey song lyric or something, I'm, I'm going to throw that in the envelope. I'll put it in quotations and see if anybody picks up on it. That's like a little fun thing for me. But also it's just like going back to talking about getting inspired by listening to music. Like so a lot of the times, like, Sometimes things like that will be, especially when it's like music, like uh, lyrical quotes or something like that will be something that I was listening to at a specific time when I was working on that. And it so it's picked up some emotional like sort of resonance on its own because it was there. And maybe like you put in this lyric from this song that has nothing to do with this part of the book. But it's like, but for me, it did. And I want you to feel that, too, in a strange way. Like you may not have the same connection, obviously, but you're going to see that there and it's going to make you have some connection. But um, like the quotes on the back, that, that was just me being goofy. (laughs) Um, I, I just, I was like, blurbs are cool. I really like blurbs, but I also think blurbs are really, really weird because we ask for them. And they're, they're just a very strange thing for me. So I was like, I, I, I don't really care what blurbs are on a book I would rather read these quotes and be like what does this have to do with anything it doesn't oh that wow that charles manson book quotes very interesting you know whatever Mm -hmm. he quoted the toxic waltz by exodus like to me that was just like that was just me having fun but including it in the text i mean i'm doing that constantly um you know sometimes it's it's more sly and sometimes it's you know i'm straight up with it like here's the page number you can find that quote on And I I don't know, it's just, it's something that's, it's supplemental, you know, in like an academic sense, I guess, to some, you know, to some of the things, but then also it's just like, it's just kind of like a nod, you know, it's just like, I'm nodding at the person who created the original work and I'm also nodding at the reader like, hey, you you feeling this? You vibing on this? This is, this is like, you know, because in some way this had something to do with where we're both at right now, you know?
0: Definitely. I like that a lot as a, as a person who makes weird connections between things. Um, so I like to see other writers doing that and the very sort of deliberate way or, or um, I can't think of the word. Um, obvious way. That's not the word I wanted to say, <laughs> but it's close enough. Like, right. I, I like that to be like, no, these two things are connected. I like believe it, right? It's it's like those right. those TikToks of the people who go from like, um, uh, like rutabaga to Walt Disney World and in six Wikipedia links.
1: Oh yeah,
0: um, I love that yeah. stuff, man. Like, I do
1: too. I, I do too. Totally. Um, and I, honestly, like that's that's a perfect example because like that kind of stuff is exactly like right in, right in line with what I'm trying to do with my work. Like Mm. it's that sort of where like some people can look at things like that and be like, it's so kitschy. It's like whatever, but it's like, yeah, but that's like, that's crazy. Like that's, I mean, feel however you want to feel about it. Like a Wikipedia link tree thing, but it's like, that's the, like the sync, like the synchronicity and things of of reality is pretty, pretty wild. And I I don't know, I find that in in the work, you know, Uh, something is as, as so like menial as that, it's like a huge part of it for me i'm glad you brought that up because that's like that's spot on like exactly like the kind of connection that I, i've got going on
0: awesome so i i think that maybe kind of informs the answer to one of the things that i was wondering about while i was reading the book is that um it feels so unfettered uh from a design perspective like you use very many fonts Uh, the art pages which are uh, just gorgeous like so many of these pages (laughs) that are that are i don't know just just art um are uh like unique uh to the point where i feel like they stand on their own um and could like hang in a gallery somewhere um oh wow like i'd sometimes I was I'm like why are there so many words like just show me these cool ass pictures um
1: it's, uh that's that that that's funny that you say that but I'll, I'll touch on that in a moment but let's, let's we can keep going with this really quick
0: yeah so there's there's a lot stylistically going on um and then I also saw this may or may not be super connected but uh th- this is how we're doing things anyway today um when i i um linked treffery i think it was to uh a night mind video and and you mentioned that that night mind is a thing which so like your awareness of uh that style of doing art of doing writing of storytelling makes me then say okay maybe there's a like uh obviously people make deliberate choices when they design books um but people who either write ARGs or know what they are can have like a double deliberate deliberateness to it Uh um so so I'm wondering like is there any I'm not saying did you actually make an ARG but uh, but I'm asking like do certain fonts mean something that I could like, if I were to tear the book apart and like start sorting things out that way, would I be able to find something like that you had deliberately planted in there? Or am I just going too far?
1: I I don't think you're going too far. Um, I think that there probably is that. And I would say some of it's probably, there's different layers of that. I would say that there is probably some of that that's absolutely deliberate, but I probably totally lost sight of it. Mm during the entire process because I mean, it's so much material and I mean, it may not seem like that cause I think the word counts probably pretty small actually, but it starts with so much stuff that I will kind of start doing. Like I will start having little trailheads and little, you know, I'll go down threads like that, but I don't always stick to it. But, um, certainly though there is like, if I choose a Gothic font for something, it's going to have a different implication than like a really, like a cleaner font. Um, yeah, I mean, I, I think there's there is something there aesthetically, like in tone for sure, um, with like how I choose my fonts. But as far as like it being like a puzzle you could put together, probably not. Just because I don't think that I can honestly say that I'm I'm not organized enough. I love like I love the whole like ARG, um, the, the concept of that, and I love that whole. I was hardcore on the uh, on the message boards and it, for the first Cloverfield movie and stuff like that mm-hmm. was my whole introduction to it. And so I love those kinds of things, but I just I'm way too ADD and way too like scatterbrained to actually pull off something like that myself. But there's definitely influence of it for sure, um, and it's kind of that same thing as like you know putting in a random song lyric here there, which kind of like a nod kind of like an elbow like hey what's up are you are you vibing on this because you know I I think that's a part of it and and, you know I think one thing about ARGs is that there's like a community aspect to it for sure and I I like to kind of think of that in terms of when I'm writing something that I'm writing it for a community I guess you know and I think that I like that idea where it's like you know there's things there you can grasp onto I, I don't know if that makes sense but um yeah i don't know
0: yeah i i gotcha i'm I'm following i i that's kind of similar to like my process too like i don't i obviously don't do anything quite as um bombastic as you but like the idea of like okay i'm gonna have different fonts or sizes or uh, margins or whatever like if i were to do something like that i would probably like have a set of rules for myself that like all the italics mean x and all the gothic fonts mean y um and then kind of sort the text out that way or or something like that um totally um but i've
1: thought about doing that like being more rigid on that and i've actually said like hey maybe i should use like you know this set number of fonts and each one should have a different like should denote something and i've i've started projects like that but then i just i i, I get way too carefree on it and i'm mm. just like way too reckless but i see that in other people's work i see people who are doing you know a similar kind of uh, similar thing to what i'm doing but that's you know again it's what i love about this kind of genre whatever it is it's the different way you know like a career book it's like a Creo book et cetera et cetera because people do it differently and and they everybody has their like their regulations, their rules, their ways that they do it. And then that imparts its own meaning. And um, I I can't do I can't do that. Like I can't have that mathematical precision, (laughs) you know, but I appreciate it. And Mm -hmm. it's certainly an influence on mine, on my work. But uh, yeah, I I just can't, I I start getting too wild with the fonts. I'm like, Oh, that that font's awesome. Do I have a license for it? You know? (laughs) So
0: This type of of work, this, this world of literature almost reminds me of sort of like, um, like the modern art movement or like these sort of like gestural painters and abstract artists of, of like slightly different schools to where the untrained eye, it's like, okay, it's all just books about gore that have um, black pages (laughs) and and the text is everywhere, um, But, like, when you look closer, you're like, oh, wait, everyone's using, like, a a specific sort of process to get to there. So even if, you know, Ungula and um, uh, uh, Logan Berry's book, whose title escapes me, and, like, your book kind of all look the same, in air quotes, like, Mm -hmm. everybody's doing something wildly different to get to a similarly looking end goal uh which is Mm -hmm. which makes it fun to talk about and also hard to talk about right because it's not like totally we're following a school you know it's not like everybody's doing a sort of like Bauhaus school with just like their own variations but it's like no everybody's kind of inspired by the same thing but going at it different ways because there's not really an MFA pumping out stuff like this you know
1: totally I I I I totally agree with that, and it's interesting because, like, you know, I remember when I got Logan's book, the Crystal Lake book. There it is. You know, it's like it's the it's the uh, the Friday the Thirteenth, Jason, you know, motif. But it's that's so just a part of it. That's so just like a shred of it. Um, but therein you have that. Okay, this book is sort of a it's it's got this homage to sort of you know the those films. And then I remember um, Josiah Morgan's book, The Text Chainsaw Massacre, came out right around that time too. Mm. Text Chainsaw Massacre, huge, huge, one of my favorite films of all time. Got the book, love the book, but it's like, that's again, that's only just a part of it, you know? And I feel like that's so, but if you see these books on, on like a on, a on a bookshelf, you're going to be like, oh, you got some books about the horror movies. And it's like, yeah, but like, man, open those up and see, you know, it, it's insane. What, what people are like using, like pe- we're all using these influences, but then we're we're like filtering through them through our, like our personal experiences, our um, you know, just you know ourselves, and it comes out into this like it, it's 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 such a cool thing to look at and see like the the similarities, but then also like the great vast disparities between everybody's work. I I don't know. I just love that.